Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we've got another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Let's go over to that uh, home daycare center, get to the one and the only Ryan Callahan. Ryan, please be so kind as to tell us why we're having another breaking news edition of this podcast. Well, Tennessee, for the second time in less than a week, has added to its 2024 recruiting class, this time landing Four-star defensive back Caleb Beasley of Lipscomb Academy in Nashville, uh, one of Tennessee's top in-state targets, uh, a guy they've been pursuing for a long time. His his Tennessee offer actually predates this staff. He got an offer from Jeremy Pruitt's staff back in, I think, December 2020, uh, and then obviously had the, the staff reaffirmed that offer just a few months later, and he has remained a priority for the Vols since then. Uh, he was at Tennessee on Saturday for the Alabama game, uh, got to kind of soak in that atmosphere, and I think that you know he, he had been – very high on Tennessee throughout the process, you know, put out a list of favorites in July that, that included Tennessee and others and uh, had even talked about after his visit to Tennessee in late July, you know, maybe making a decision sometime not long after this season. Um, so, you know, maybe a winner decision, that kind of thing. So I think he was already leaning toward the Vols, uh, at least for the past few months. And, and they were they were clearly in a good spot going into his past two visits uh, for the Florida and Alabama games, but just seeing the way Tennessee has started this season and, and, and obviously the, the experience of being at that game Saturday, I think kind of helped push that over the edge in, in a recruitment that Tennessee was already in good shape, uh, you know, going into or coming out of the, uh, the first half of his senior season. So, uh, or ju- junior season, I should say. So an impressive pickup here by Tennessee and, and, and kind of just a reflection of the momentum that they have uh, getting a, another four-star top 247 prospect, uh, after landing four-star receiver Mazio Bennett of South Carolina on Sunday, so uh, impressive pickup here, and a uh, and, and just kind of a uh, a another example of the early momentum Tennessee has built in that class. Yeah, when you th- when we saw that that sort of scene after the or during and after the Tennessee Alabama game, it it sort of felt like one of those things that like. You know, not that a kid would just make like a spur of the moment decision and be like, oh my God, this changes everything. But if there were any kids who were like on the fence and thinking about it already, you just felt like something was going to pop from that, right? I mean, it, it just felt like some stuff was going to have to pop because that, that game was that scene, uh, that sort of announcement of Tennessee's return as a program it just felt like something had to happen at some point, right? Or, I mean, maybe you're, you're more cautious and or, or jaded or however you want to say it about the recruiting process <laughs> because you have to cover it, you know, so so intensely on a daily basis. But for me, who kind of is, has a couple of toes into that thing, but not all 10, it just felt like something was going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's unfair. I, I You know, I we always say that single game results are not really the things that help players make decisions. And in this case, 
I don't think it made Caleb Beasley's decision. It's just kind of like I said, when you're already leaning toward a school, it's it's easy to to get sort of swept up in the excitement of an experience like that and say, okay, I'm ready. And, and I think that's kind of what what happened a little bit. I think he was he kind of knew in the end that he was probably going to end up at Tennessee. And so when you when you see a game like that, when you when you see the progress of the program, you see Tennessee ranked in the top five nationally, beating Alabama for the first time in 16 years. Um, and and you know his dad sent me pictures of of uh, of Caleb wearing you know Tennessee gear when he was a kid things like that you know this is an in-state guy that Tennessee always had a pretty good shot at so when when you're in that type of situation it is uh it, it is easy to to go ahead and get a kid to buy in when you have that type of you know really memorable experience for a visit and, and you see this you know I, I've seen Michigan ha- had, a, had a big game a couple years ago where they had uh, fans storm the field, I think, and they, you know, they get they got some commitments out of that that game not too long after it. So you see when other teams have those types of games, those types of environments that they they usually have that uh, some fallout from that. And so not surprising to see Tennessee benefiting from that uh, short term with with landing at least one of those visitors. And and I think there were a bunch of guys coming out of that visit. You know, we we talked about it uh, or had plenty of updates on guys that were at that game uh, over the past several days on go balls 24 seven and some of the initial feedback from guys you know a couple in the 2024 and 2025 classes in particular said hey Tennessee's my leader right now uh, and one of them said hey if I made my decision today I would be going to Tennessee so it's definitely the type of experience that I think is much more likely to get that type of reaction not just because of the environment but also because it was such a monumental win against a program that's obviously been seen as the gold standard in college football for a long time. Yeah, and and let's put a pin in this because we're going to need to discuss it in the second segment. But I, I do remember, I don't remember if it was a couple months ago or when it was, um, but at some point in the past few months it feels like Trent Dilfer was at the Knoxville Quarterback Club and he obviously the former NFL coach, uh, now the coach of Lipscomb Academy, and he basically said, you know, he basically joked that Tennessee was recruiting like half his roster and that he imagined some of his kids would be would be eventually playing football uh, for the volunteers, and it looks like that's going to that's gonna continue to, to be the case, and that's a good thing for Tennessee because there's a lot of talent there. We'll discuss that later, but let's discuss Caleb Beasley, the player first, Ryan. This is a young man in the 24-7 sports composite. He is ranked number 170 overall, number 19 at corner, and number two overall in the state of Tennessee, uh, a kid with 30 listed offers. And, and when you watch the film, you're like, okay, I get it. I see why I, I see why people like this kid. What do you like about this kid as a player? Yeah, just just a very good all-around football player and, and has been for a while. You know, that's that's why he got an offer from Tennessee back when he was a, a freshman in high school back in December 2020. Uh, he's, he's had pretty good size all along, and, and now, you know, I think there were some questions at one point about how how tall uh you know for, for some schools at least by about how tall he really was and he, he got on campuses at a bunch of places this summer and measured in at about six feet um and so when you're a six foot defensive back that's that's what a lot of teams want uh, regardless of your position in the secondary it's it's important to have guys with that kind of uh height and length and so he's a six foot uh corner who can who can cover well and just uh, just finds a way to be around the ball and make plays on the ball. He he returns punts for his school. Uh, You like to see things like that where, where, you know, he's just one of the best athletes on his team and they want the ball in his hands, even though they don't have to play him on offense. And, you know, I went to see one of his games last year, actually his team played Addison Nichols team uh, when Nichols was a senior, Uh, they came up from Georgia to play in Nashville. And that night, I think Beasley had two defensive touchdowns, uh, a fumble return and an interception return, if I remember right. And, you know, he's, that's just kind of who he is. He's just, he's just a guy who finds a way to make plays. You know, some, some defensive backs in high school don't do that. Um, He's not had that problem. He, you know, even when the ball is not being thrown his way a lot, he, he finds a way to impact the game. 
And so even though he's not what I would say uh, is a he's not a burner at the at the cornerback position, doesn't have elite speed, at least not verified uh, in terms of track times or, or 40 times or anything like that. But he has just good football speed and, and good awareness and plays with good technique most of the time and just you know a lot to work with there. Tennessee had him at a camp in June. Uh, I, I was really impressed by the feedback I got from from people at multiple schools indicating just how he performed at the camps he went to. He went to camps at you know Clemson, Alabama, places like that this summer and, and did well. And, and I think just you know just looks like a good player that you need somewhere in your secondary. And Tennessee clearly has been recruiting him for a long time for for that reason. So just one of those guys that uh, you know all around good football player and and someone that obviously in state Tennessee couldn't pass on and is recruited like a, you know, a really top priority for a long time. Yeah. And, and you know, Jeremy Pruitt as a coach, obviously things at, at Tennessee did, did not work out for him in the long run and him and his staff for, for various reasons that we know about and don't need to, to rehash, but he did have some points during his career where he said things that absolutely were true. And I do not doubt his acumen as a football coach and a, and a scout and those things whatsoever still don't. And, and he said, uh, a few things that I really agree with, one of which was if a guy doesn't make plays on Friday nights, if he doesn't get interceptions, if he's not around the ball, if he doesn't do those things, he's not going to probably just learn how to do those things in college. That's kind of a thing. You know, you, you occasionally see a Nigel Warrior who late in his career, things just kind of change for him and he's around the ball more and doing more stuff. So it does happen. But generally speaking, you're either around the ball and making plays or you're not. And, and that's just kind of a – that's just kind of a thing, I think. And I think this kid being able to be around the ball to make plays both in camps and games, I imagine in practice on a daily basis, it just seems like the kind of kid who makes things happen. Yeah, and that's that, that's a good point. I, I will say some corners, and this is why you see a lot of high school coaches play their best defensive backs at safety. Um, some corners, it's hard for them to impact the game because teams will just flat out throw away from them. You know, I went to one of uh, Tennessee cornerback commitment Christian Conyers games earlier this season. I think two passes maybe were thrown to his side of the field the entire game. So when you're doing that, when you're covering that well, that is one reality of that is at cornerback, they can just throw away from you. And Caleb Beasley does deal with that sometimes. But but you see when teams test him on any sort of regular basis and and to his – it benefits him that, that Lipscomb builds a lot of leads because they, they are a, a pretty dominant team now yeah, in Tennessee to the point where – uh, a lot of teams are, are frankly trying to get out of Division II AA in Tennessee. That's the middle classification for private schools. They're, they're I think, looking to kind of get out of that classification and, and maybe play up to Division II AAA, where all the traditional powers like Brentwood Academy and Ensworth and uh, those types of schools are. You know, the, you're you're willing to play up maybe to get away from Lipscomb because of how good they already are. What what a power they've turned into under Trent Dilfer. Um, so that they're they're building a lot of leads in their games, and that forces teams obviously to throw the ball, be a little more desperate, and and that gives Caleb Beasley and others, I think, more chances to to make plays. So he is he is definitely a productive player though in the secondary, and that's uh, that's one of those things you like to see. He had a had a huge play on national TV earlier this year. If you got to see their game. Uh, down against uh, Thompson High School in Alabama on uh, you know one of the ESPN networks, he he scooped up a fumble and, and took it back a uh, hundred yards for a touchdown uh, to kind of put away that game. So that's just an example. Even when they're not throwing his way, he just sort of finds ways to to make things happen, and that's uh, to his credit. And Ryan, before we go to break here, last question I had about in this segment, anyways, is that when you look at Beasley, you know he he's ranked as a quarterback, a cornerback. He he makes a lot of plays at corner 
on film. Obviously, a very good football player. Uh, when I look at his size, though, and I think six foot, he's already 179, 180 pounds, and he's pretty well built. Looks like he could add more weight to that frame and and be pretty sturdy. And then I see at six feet, he's got a five foot ten wingspan, which is not a deal breaker, but also not like ideal. You know, normally you'd like to see like at six one, six two, six three wingspan on someone that size, um, and that matters at DB. Do you think this is a corner all the way, or is this a guy who could also maybe you know play some nickel, play some you know safety at some point? What, what do you see with the versatility with him? I, yeah, that versatility is probably the right word. I think he he could fit into to just about any position in the secondary. I think some of that's going to depend on just how he develops speed wise. You know, if he continues to grow, if he can play with the the physicality that that um, that that you would want it ideally at the safety position, things like that. So I, I think other positions are on the table, but I think he's played cornerback enough in high school uh, that that you certainly can uh, can see him sticking there in college. So I, I think he's just someone that you look at as a as a defensive back for now and just you figure out where he fits in best later on. But I think certainly having the, the kind of background he has at cornerback uh, w- would not be shocked at all if he, if he sticks there because he, he has been a, a very good one throughout his high school career. So I think just one of those guys who's just a, you know, again, a good football player, sometimes at cornerback, it's more, you know, the, the speed is such a big deal and the, and the length that you have to just sort of find guys that can run and make them into cornerbacks. You know, you see that a lot Emmanuel Mosley and guys like that, that play other positions. You just, find athletes and put them there. Um, so that's why sometimes it, it's so hard to find a pure corner and, and you have to sort of just take an athlete and put him there and, and mold him into one. But Beasley's just, regardless of where he ends up, he's just someone you want on your on the field in your secondary. And I think, I think Tennessee's getting a good one here for sure. We need to talk a lot more about Caleb Beasley. We need to talk a lot more about Tennessee's 2024 recruiting class. Things looking pretty pretty good in the state right now, I think you have to say, for Tennessee. And we'll talk about that. Uh, talk about the the importance of of getting more players from a national area that's just producing more and more players, it seems like, every year. Lots more to discuss. But before we do that, we're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills, uh, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc. And then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, 
Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center across town. We're talking about another big recruiting day for Tennessee. This is a breaking news edition, talking about Tennessee's edition of Caleb Beasley, a four-star cornerback, cornerback. I want to make sure people always hear the difference there. Cornerback starts with a C. Uh, Lipscomb Academy there in Nashville, Tennessee, plays for Trent Dilfer and that powerhouse he's built there in the middle of the state of Tennessee. Big addition, 170 overall in the 24-7 sports composite, number two in the state of Tennessee. Lots more to discuss about him, lots more to discuss about recruiting in general, uh, in the state, outside the state, the, the Bama game over the weekend. Lots more to get to, but before we do that, just a quick suggestion, a quick request, I should say, from our end. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, maybe 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds tops, go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast, we would appreciate it. If you're just listening on the website, right there, GoVols247.com, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine pod you can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast, and you can go right there and click the subscribe button, and you can rate and review. And if you do those things, we really, really, really appreciate it. It helps us out tremendously. And we do this for free, so I don't think it's too much to ask to take about a 90 seconds out of your day and go in and do that. That would that would mean quite a bit to us. Uh, so also tell your friends, right? Tell people that you see at church. Tell people that you see playing golf. Tell people that you see walking your dog. Tell people you see at your kid's school, uh, you know, if you don't need to be going to schools, uh, you don't go near them. But if you have a kid and you have a reason to go to schools, go tell the other parents, right? And if you don't have any friends, go over there and uh, find people walking around wearing orange and be like, hey, man, I don't have any friends, but I like Tennessee. You seem to like Tennessee. Let Will you be my friend? And also, will you listen to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast? It, it could be an icebreaker. It could change your life and also help our life. That is a win-win. If you're already doing all those things, Thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, back to business. We, we talk about in recruiting all the time, right? It seems like every coach who gets hired anywhere, you know, is like, we're going to try to build a wall around this state, you know, and that that's... It, it's never really possible for anyone to do that. It, it's just kids a lot of times just want to leave the state for whatever reason to go to school. It's a natural thing to do. But as well as I think Tennessee has recruited since Heupel's gotten there, um, and I think they have, they've been able to do a, a really good job with what they've had to work with and the situation they walked into. And obviously the, the, the most recent class, there are a lot of guys, high-caliber high kind of guys in the state. For whatever reason, either Tennessee couldn't get a foothold in there, it was too late, it didn't work out. Maybe Tennessee didn't love the player as much as others did. Whatever it was, different situation for everybody, but it wasn't that way. And now you look at, the 2024 class, uh, the top few targets in this state, the top five or so, uh, Tennessee has just landed number two. Looks like it's in a pretty good case there, pretty good race there for number one where they're in a pretty good shot. And then a couple other guys, they seem like they're in with all these guys or have a chance with almost all these guys. How important is that? Well, it's it's huge. And uh, this, this staff has made in-state recruiting a, a priority. I think they've given that more than more than just lip service you know sometimes as you said in the past we've heard that from from coaching staffs and you know I, I think to varying degrees some staffs have have done really well in state uh, not always consistently 
but you know Butch Jones, I think his staff did a did a good job in state. Had a couple big in state classes. Jeremy Pruitt had one year where he signed ten in state guys, although still missed on some that year. Um, so they, they've had some hit and miss success, but you know to, to varying degrees, just have had different issues over the years. And, and this staff, I think, is off to a better start, even though, as you said, the 2022 class presented some some, some big challenges just with the timing and, and where the program was. And that's definitely changed, I think, over the past year to year and a half. You know, I think Caleb Beasley is a, a great illustration of how things have changed. I think in the early months of his recruitment, it, it was hard to say for sure that Tennessee was going to be one of the teams to beat for him. You know, he'd gotten a, that offer from Jeremy Pruitt's staff late in, in their tenure. And then he didn't get a chance to visit Tennessee until that following summer. And he didn't visit that summer uh, when visits reopened. He went to some other schools but didn't go to Tennessee at that time. Finally made it up in October uh, last year when he was in town to play Knoxville Catholic. Went to the, the South Carolina game the next day. And again, has been frequently back on campus since then. So th- that's that to me is an illustration of the way they've built relationships in-state and just continued to, to sort of strengthen those relationships throughout the process and gotten a lot of those guys on campus repeatedly throughout the recruiting process. So I think they're like, you're seeing sort of the fruits of that labor in the 2024 class already with what you said, you know, they've gotten really most of their top in state targets in that class on campus several times, uh, have a great chance to think at landing most of those guys, if not all of them. And, uh, and I think their success on the field this season is only going to improve those chances so I, I think I think this is a obviously a big step in getting a guy like Caleb Beasley, who is pretty well respected by a lot of those guys in this class, only going to add to that. And you've also got Carson Gentle already committed from Macaulay School in Chattanooga. So two in-state commitments this early, that's, that's a good start. And, and obviously in very good shape with some others who, regardless of whether they make decisions anytime soon, I think Tennessee's going to have a good chance of landing them too. And we go back to, I teased this a little bit in the, in the first segment, and, and during the break I, I went and, and looked it up, and I was wrong about it being a few months ago. It was almost exactly one year ago, uh, actually, when, when Trent Dilfer came to the Knoxville Quarterback Club. But the comments he made at the time are looking awfully prophetic now. And I'll, I'll share them. Obviously, they'd be better listening to his actual voice, but as anyone who's been to the Knoxville Quarterback Club can tell you, uh, not the best sound system in that room, so sometimes getting quotes for the thing is a bit of a, it's a, bit of a challenge. We can hear them, but they don't sound great, so we wouldn't be able to play them on the air here, but I'll give you his quote. This is a direct quote. He said, I want to start by talking about something that's probably most dear in your hearts, and that's Tennessee volunteer football, Uh, because we're at a high school where they're recruiting a lot of our players. We've had about, we have about five dudes that you all are recruiting. And here's what I'll tell you about hyping his staff. Nobody that we're dealing with in America right now is handling the recruiting process better than hype and his staff. You're not just going to end up with three, four, five-star kids. You're going to end up with character kids. And their messaging when they come to our schools and they meet with our kids, when they talk, is much more than just football. It's about how they want to bring young men in here, and they talk about getting Tennessee back to becoming a national power. And that's more than talent. You need to understand that. There are a ton of talented kids out there. They're everywhere. The streets are littered with them, meaning they don't make it because they don't have it up here in the head and up here in the heart what it takes to be a big-time collegiate football player. And the University of Tennessee has recognized that, and they're recruiting the right kind of kid as well as the right kind of athlete. When you hear that kind of quote from a guy who's assembling a really, really impressive squad of talented players at Lipscomb there in Nashville, got to be excited about that, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And and Tennessee, you know, they've – 
they've done a good job with some of the the most important programs in the state, uh, and and you've got different coaches recruiting different parts of the state too. But uh, you know, obviously, Josh Teipel very early hired Jerry Mack, who has strong ties uh, to Whitehaven High School, one of the one of the real powers over there that produced Bryson Eason and uh, Tamaria McDonald, and, and and obviously former Vols linebacker Martavius French. So that that's an important program to have some ties into. And to have the the relationship that they've built with Trent Dilfer and, and all the players they're recruiting at Lipscomb, uh, I, I think you know Alex Golish, who, who recruits that area for the Vols, has done a really nice job there. And and yeah, it's it's a staff wide effort. You know, Josh Heupel's heavily involved in recruiting, you know, most top targets, and, and certainly some of those guys at Lipscomb uh, fall into that category. Uh, Edwin Spillman, uh, that you referenced earlier, currently the, the top player in the state in the 2024 class. You know, his brother Nate Spillman already committed to Tennessee in the 2023 class. And then, and then now you have add Caleb Beasley to the mix. And uh, so Tennessee's got two commitments from there, still recruiting some other guys. Uh, they've got a couple targets there in the 2025 class, some other guys that they're obviously still evaluating. So that, that's, that's a, a school where it's, it's not a bad thing to have a pipeline into that school. Uh, you're you're going to see talent there pretty much every year, as long as Trent Dilfer is there, certainly. And, uh, and that, that's very quickly become, you know, you could certainly argue the, maybe the best program in the state of Tennessee right now. You know, it's been Oakland at times. It's been it's been Maryville. It's been some others. But, um, but Knoxville the way Catholic, is, no, put some respect on the <laughs> Irish, Ryan. <laughs> uh, that, and that's the other school where I'd say Tennessee's done some good work. You know, they've, they've gotten a, a couple guys there in recent years and, uh, and and adding Trevor Duncan in the 2023 class. So that's that's another one here locally where Tennessee's done some really nice work consistently. So, uh, yeah, just a, just a continuation of, of what this staff has done in-state to, to really build some solid relationships, especially with high school coaches. Uh, I, I think they really appreciate the, the, the sort of genuine and, and upfront approach that, that this staff has. And, and Trent Dilfer has, has probably been their uh, most, at least most vocal uh, proponent within this state with just those comments and some of the other things he said. He clearly believes in what, uh, what this staff has, has done in, in recruiting his players. And I, th- I think it's no coincidence that Tennessee's off to a good start there with the with a couple commitments from Lipscomb and, and still others they could that. Yeah, and then you couple that that we just talked about with obviously what's a been in a, a very aggressive, very effective Tennessee NIL collective, then you put all that together and all of a sudden you're recruiting up there with just about anybody in the country in an ideal situation. So uh, I think there's a lot to look forward to there. And before we get out of here, Ryan, I do want to talk a little bit about that just that 2024 group right now obviously there's still some big 2023s Tennessee's in on and they're they're very much in that fight and we'll see if they can hold on to what they've got add to what they've got we'll have plenty of time to discuss all that but since this is a 2024 commitment I I guess I want to ask where things are momentum wise with that class because Heupel even you know he can't mention specifics but even on vol calls this week, he talked about how much momentum he feels like they have with those 2024, 2025 classes, 2026 even. The fact that they're getting their foot in the door, they're getting their message out there, and they're doing what Rick Barnes for basketball would call a lot of work early, right? Do your work early, get it done, and then enjoy it. And, and I feel like they're, they've positioned themselves, it looks like, from the outside looking in pretty well with those classes. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. I, you know, I think when you get early commitments and sometimes they can be early commitments can, can be one, one of two types of commitments. Sometimes they're, they're sort of knee jerk reactions or they're not well thought out. And, and sometimes players end up you know, having second thoughts or looking at other schools and realizing they committed too early. Uh, but then you have others that are, 
are they're early, but they're after players have already been recruited for a while. And they're just sort of the result of a lot of hard work and uh, a lot of visits to a school. And they're just, they, they just knew where they were going. So why, why wait any longer? And I think Tennessee's got more of, of that latter type of early commitment. You know, Jonathan Eccles, the five-star athlete from IMG Academy, that was one that happened after one visit. Um, but these others have been guys who have all been to Tennessee's campus three or more times uh, that already have strong relationships with Tennessee Jonathan Eccles has even been back for a couple of games at Tennessee so far this season. Really likes it there, and I think I think Tennessee's feeling pretty good about its chances of holding on to him. And and yeah, when you add that to just the sheer volume of really good players Tennessee has gotten on campus for the Florida and Alabama games, especially, but just throughout the season and even back into the summer, um, they're they're off to a very good start with the 2024 class. So when you combine that with, as you said, NIL and all the things Tennessee's doing, uh, doing pretty well on that front. And then also just the on-field success. Um, th- there's no reason Tennessee can't have a really good 2024 class. I, I think the, the start they're off to and just the, the types of players they're in the running for, the five stars that have already visited from that class, it, it certainly points to Tennessee having a, having a chance to build on what, what's right now a top 10 class in 2023. So hard to put a number on it, hard to say what the end result's going to be in the long run, but you know, it, I think the way Tennessee's recruiting, they're they're probably going to be at least in the discussion for a top five, top ten class if they keep this up, and, and that's a that, that's a pretty good place to be. Obviously, that's what Tennessee's done when it's at its best, and I think they're they're certainly headed back toward that with just the types of players they've had on campus lately. And I'll I'll say this too, even as someone who is not a is very candid about not being a recruiting expert, I do know that if you want to build a big time class, there's a a couple of not surefire ways, but a couple of really important foundational pieces you can put on the front end. They're going to help you quite a bit if you want to build a big-time class, uh, get you a great quarterback, one of the best in the country, uh, and or uh, get you a bunch of your kids in state and build your base that way. And they've done it with the quarterback in the most recent class. They're, they're doing it in state a little bit in this class and it seems to be a, a hell of a way to get a foundation started for a big class. I think so too. And, and, and I'll, I'll add, you know, I've said it's kind of a multifaceted approach you have to take to building momentum and recruiting. Certainly a win like Saturday is, is going to be a, a big help in recruiting. Just winning games on the field is, is a big help for sure. And, and Tennessee being in the national discussion really for weeks to come now is, is going to be a big deal. But on top of that, you know, you need to put guys in the NFL, and I think that's where Tennessee has, has got a chance to really help itself with this 2024 class, too. If things continue on this trajectory, I mean, we're, we're already seeing it. Hendon Hooker's getting more talk now of being an earlier draft pick than I would have given him finally, a chance to be going into finally this season. Finally, people are seeing it. Finally. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, the types of numbers he's putting up, he's going to have a real decision to make after this season. Darnell Wright, uh, it, you know, obviously has the option of coming back after this year, but the way he's playing, hard to imagine that's going to happen. He, he's He's in the early round discussion now, I think, after his performance against Alabama on Saturday. Um, so if they if they put those guys in the draft, if they have a good showing at the draft this year, especially with, you know, just what was left from from the the roster Josh Heupel inherited after all those guys entered the transfer portal and for them to potentially have several draft picks uh, in their first two years. And, and, and some of those guys being players who clearly developed quite a bit under their watch, that's going to be a big feather in the cap for this staff to sell, too. So. You need all of that to be clicking to really fire on all cylinders in recruiting. So if you're a Tennessee fan, you know, sure, you don't want to lose all those guys. But at the same time, you need you need NFL draft success to point to also. And so you, you want Cedric Tillman 
coming back, having a big rest of the year, getting drafted early. You want you want Darnell Wright going early in the draft. You want Hendon Hooker to get get drafted early. Those things matter in recruiting. And, and Tennessee, if they get all those things to to align, there, there's no reason they can't recruit with the the best of the best. I mean, they they really can continue to to build on this. And uh, and and again, they're off to a very good start in 2024. But with that class, especially. They're going to have a chance to maybe see some additional NFL draft success if Tennessee continues to work that in that direction. And I think we should probably end it there before you try to throw a wet blanket on it, Ryan. What do you say? <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7. On Twitter, Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals 24-7 and facebook.com slash govals 24-7 to get all of the stuff there, or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day. Tons of stuff on there. All good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap, go directly to GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Where's Wes at? He already put my comments out there, so (laughs) he, he had direct quotes.
It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.